161 of the All the Books Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right. I'm feeling... I, I got some time on my hands again. For the last six weeks, I've been directing this play. Yeah. Uh, if you listened into last episode, episode 160, we talked with some of the cast members, and the play was just this past weekend. Didn't we? A couple of performances in Houghton, and then some right here at the David A. Howe Public Library. Uh, yeah. All went well. We had good responsive crowds, so yeah. thanks to everybody who came. Yep. So that was a pretty good showing of Spider-Man Turn Off the Turn Dark. Turn Off the Dark, absolutely. You, did, right? you know, it's not Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark because I don't have any like broken bones or anything, <laughs> so it can't yeah. be that. But yeah, I don't know what to do with myself now. I'm going to have like free evenings and all yeah. that. I'm going to see my house again, mm-hmm. so that'll be nice. Are you going to do the musical version of Joe versus Volcano? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If there is one, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do true. it. That'd be pretty good. It will be. Well... Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Michael Crichton, year one. So, this is Pods where... On. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, but I'm saying, it's yeah. like the it's the origin yeah. of yeah. Michael, Michael Crichton. Crichton. Actually, he did travel the world a little bit, too. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. He's like 6'5", though. How tall is Batman? Not 6'5". Okay. Not many people are 6'5", but Michael Crichton is. Anyway. I, I don't know if that's true. Eric and I sat down and read Michael Crichton's first published novel, published under a pseudonym. Yep. Uh, and we're going to dig into it a little bit yep. later. So Jurassic Park by Alan Grant. Hmm. Is that I, not what you read? No, I'm trying to decide if that is technically a joke, and I don't think it Whatever. is. <laughs> All right. Here's a joke. All right. Why don't... No, I got nothing. Ah, boy. I figured anything I said would just be too mean. <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah, that's probably safe. It so. probably would have been. Probably would have been. All right. Why don't you start with the bookmark? I would love to. All right. Well, what um, you finish this? Week? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't do a ton of reading this week, actually. Maybe because you were to play. I guess so. Yeah. I guess that must be it. Yeah. Well, I did read. Let's just say it wasn't pretty, by Diane Keaton. Okay, so she just wrote about the time she spent at your birthday party. Ah. <laughs> Listen. I'm I being guess mean. I guess the point of I'm that joke mean. though is yeah. that Diane Keaton came to my birthday oh, party. So like, darn. which one of us really suffers from there? Darn it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So anyway, um, that was pretty good. It's her her first memoir was a little more focused on like telling about her life, and this was uh-huh. a little more just observational. I actually preferred this one better, though the online reviews are not kind. Hmm. Everybody else seems to prefer the first one, but yeah. I don't know. I I liked her just kind of rambling about things she thought. I thought it was more interesting, more on point. Yeah, you know. So I read that. Okay. I read uh, If You Ask Me and Of Course You Won't by the legendary Betty White. Yeah. Fun. Quick read. Uh-huh. Nothing nothing too groundbreaking or anything. You gave it four stars. Well, I enjoyed it. It was okay. good. I listened to the audiobook of that one on uh, Overdrive. Right. Betty White reads it. So mm-hmm. that's just fun. Okay. It's like going on a little car trip with Betty White. That'd be fun. Probably fewer bathroom stops, but, you know. That was an, that was an old joke then. <laughs> Sorry, Betty White. <laughs> You're She's a legend. You're not she being like that. Yeah. She would have laughed at that joke. You think she so? Absolutely. Yes, I do. Okay. Then I also finished Forever Evil. Forever. Which is a, I can't. I can't hit the Forever Young. young. I can't do yeah. it. Oh, well, I think it's. I want to be. For, oh, you know why? What? Too many syllables in Forever Evil. I guess doesn't so. work. Yeah. All right, go on. You were going to talk anyway, about anyway. It's evil. just a big epic DC Comics event. Yeah. So I finished that. You gave it five stars. I really liked it. I thought it was a very successful event a lot of them aren't you know a lot of them is just like yeah there's a lot of characters and (laughs) some kind of big plot but this one i thought worked really well i picked this up because i've been reading that big giant brick of an omnibus of all the uh tim seeley's grayson grayson stuff and that kind of spins out of the events of forever evil so i figured well i might as well go back and read it and i'm glad i did because i really liked it so Uh, that was it for graphics this week i read forever evil forever ago ha but I remember being really a, because like the Justice League comics were also doing their own thing and it oh. was just a mess. Like the Justice League comics were a mess at the time. And then 
I think I liked Forever Evil enough, but I don't remember. You gave it three stars. Yeah. You said it didn't have any weight to it. Oh, See, I hadn't, read, I hadn't read any of the books around it. Yeah. Like, that's kind of a... I wasn't really reading much of, mm-hmm. in DC Comics during that era. So, for me, it was just kind of a fun little... It almost felt like a standalone story. Post, post Forever Evil, Lex Luthor is part of the Justice League. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Superman. What, what run is that? Uh, that's the, just the new 52. Oh. That, it starts at, like, volume six okay. of... That whole Jeff Johns okay. New 52 Maybe run. Have we to... have both Forever Evil and that whole Justice League run okay. in our collection. Great. I'll have to check it out then. I don't, don't you like mean Grayson? Have you finished Grayson? No. Oh, okay. No, I, I paused to go back to Forever <laughs> Evil. So Right. I wanna uh, now be... I'm currently reading. We're doing a Banned Books book club, and we're reading Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. Uh, I've started that a few times, mm-hmm. and it's, boy not catching me so you think it was banned for being boring yeah i think that's yeah. why i think that's why it's just I, I don't know i mean smarter people than i have commented on farewell to arms and hemingway in general Big of you so to say that i'll leave it to them but uh you know i'm gonna give it a go i'm gonna power through it i'm gonna do it and i'm hopeful hoping by the end uh-huh. i will have an appreciation for it right now i'm just a little like oh gal this is boring yeah sure that's it for me i've been listening if i may be is so really bold yeah, as to been. uh Sneak in some music here. I've been listening to Sir Paul McCartney's latest album, Egypt Station. Here's some fun facts about Egypt Station, everyone, uh, which we do have this album in our collection. Fun facts. This is... Fun fact number one. In his career... Uh I had to look this up to make sure this was right, and it's true. In his career, this is Paul McCartney's first album to debut at number one. He's He's had many albums that have gone to number one, but this is the first one to debut right at number one. Is that including his stuff with Wings? Yeah. Wow. Everything, yeah. So band on the run, people didn't, like didn't it got to it got to yeah. it, but it you know it peaked there. It didn't start there, huh? Um, it's also thirty six years in between number one albums for Paul McCartney, jeez, which is a record for living artists. Yeah, thirty six years in between a number one album is is the longest stretch. Mm. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe Ringo, maybe Ringo is gonna. You think Ringo's gonna might. have his number one? Maybe he's got one more. Yeah. No, I honestly don't think that. I just want to be clear. I do not yeah. think Ringo is a number one album. But the only person to ever have a longer span mm-hmm. was Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. who beats it by just a couple of months with a posthumous release. But in his lifetime, Paul McCartney has now taken that record mm. for being the longest. Nice. In between number ones. I didn't expect it to debut at number one. Did you? Uh, I think it. maybe it's a case of like Paul McCartney's new... I mean, that there was just that thing with uh, the carpool karaoke. Yeah. Like two of them. Yeah. And they, those are very popular. Yeah. And... Also, what's coming out at this moment? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just like a perfect storm. Yeah, I guess it could be. So. Well, it's cool. I mean, I'm happy yeah. for him. I'm excited. The album, I mean, we listened to it a time yeah. uh, on our way to the legislative breakfast. Yep. Did, did you do you have any reaction to it? Did you like I it? I like the first half better than the second half. Yeah, I agree. I thought 18 tracks is a lot of tracks to well, put on a CD these days. Two, two are bonus tracks. Oh, uh, okay. And, oh, that's right. And yeah. one was like an intro like right. station so it's really it's 15 tracks okay. which is still kind of a lot but yeah so i've listened to it multiple times now mm-hmm. and i i don't i don't dislike it uh-huh. but i don't i'm not like connected to it like i have been some of his other albums like right. i really wanted to just love this album yeah uh and i like i like some of the singles you know i mm-hmm. like uh Fayou, i like um i don't know Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are really good. And there's a couple others that I'm like, yeah, okay, I like this. Yeah. But it's not one of those ones where I put it in and I just think, oh, this song, yeah, this yeah. song, yeah. So, you know, I'm sure some of the others will be sort of sleeper hits and they'll sneak up on me. But right now I'm 
whelmed, I guess. Yeah. I never, like, when someone like Paul McCartney puts out another album, like, what else do you have to say? Yeah. But then, like, you get all these, like, releases, like, I made this, they made this record, and then they died the next day it was released, and you listen to it, it's like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. So maybe Paul McCartney just needs to do... Are you thinking of David Bowie right now? Yeah, I was thinking of David Bowie, but also um, uh, Leonard Cohen. Oh, right. Johnny Cash. Yeah. Um, So it's just kind of like... Maybe Paul McCartney needs to do his death album. Oh, jeez. Not die. Wow. But maybe he just needs to get that ready. Yeah. You know, just say stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he tends to shy away from personal things. Like in his writing, he doesn't do a lot of that. I mean, when he does, it's pretty good, but he doesn't. Except for that one where he's like, I was in the Beatles, you jerks. Remember that song? What's that called? I do. It's called Early Days, and it's from New, and you're misinterpreting that song. Anyway, (laughs) that's uh, that's it for me in my bookmark. All right. Um, Take it away. What what have you been up to, little what guy? Have I, I know you 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 basically have a hat trick here. You finished all the things that you were in process of. Yeah, that is a hat trick. Yeah. What else? Where's the term hat trick come from? I it's a soccer. It's a I, soccer term. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. So I finished The Witcher book three. Yeah. We actually just got the uh, more Witchers in, so we got all the ones I've read so far. Now, uh, I read Baptism of Fire by. Oh boy, can you do this for me? Oh, I, I don't have it in front of me. Andre, nope. A-N-D-R-Z-E-J. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, Sapkowski. Okay. Uh, Polish writer. What is this? Baptism Fire. This is Witcher. Oh, Witcher. Okay. Yeah, this is the yeah. Witcher okay. 3. Or 5, depending depending on how Goodreads is organizing them. Mm-hmm. So I like this more than the, pre- the first two novel things. As I said, I still miss when he was like, oh, there's a vampire here. This book... Uh, I told you, I complained last time. We're like, oh, is there a vampire in the area? And they were like, no. And I was like, darn it. But it turned out there was a vampire in the area. And now they're hanging <laughs> that's out. That's right. That's right. You were so yeah. disappointed. Yeah, but it turns out that he might be a good vampire. And he's yeah. hanging out with them. And I'm Maybe. like, sweet. Maybe. Uh, so I I liked it. But it also just kind of ends with nothing resolved. Honestly, I know how you feel about Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And it's a crazy opinion. But this is how you would, you'd feel the same way. Like, Baptism Fire... The Witcher just goes on a long walk and he doesn't get to his destination. <laughs> uh-huh. So I you know what? I think that's called um The Lord uh, of the Rings. Okay. Sorry. I told you. Sorry, everyone. Anyway. Uh okay, so what's next? I it's fit- it's weird that there'd be a fantasy novel where people are just like traveling with an unattainable goal. That's that's surprising. Well, what happens is they're going yeah. one direction. Yes. He's looking for his uh his adopted daughter, Siri. Is, you know, is anybody splitting up? Is there a split up at some point? Siri's missing. Okay. And he, him and his group are after Siri. But the group all stays together? Yes. Oh, okay. But halfway through the book, somebody's yeah. like, Siri's not in that direction. She's in the other direction. Oh, no. So they're like, oh, we got to turn around. Oh, no. So. Well, what are you going to do? Oh, boy. I don't know. I have an attitude. I also finished Odds yeah. On, but we're going to talk yeah. more about that later. Okay. Again, the first Michael Crichton book written under the uh, pseudonym. Pseudonym? Pseudonym. Yeah, you got it. John Lang. Nailed it. Whew. Yeah. You can feel my heart racing. It's yeah, like a hummingbird yeah. in my chest. You could say pen name. That's that's easier to say. Yeah, sure. But then I think about Zach Penn, the screenwriter who did Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And I start panicking again. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about Incredible Hulk or right, Hulk. Right, Uh But I've also been reading a lot of comics. Um, So I've been reading a lot. I, you remember how I was reading Ultimate X-Men? Yeah, yeah. I, I stopped because I'm at Ultimatum area. So mm-hmm. now I went back and I started reading Ultimate Fantastic Four. Okay. I've yeah, just I read, I read through it. Ultimate Fantastic Four. Mike Carey is a comic book author. He did a really good X-Men run. Okay. Uh, and did a lot of fun stuff with Rogue and Magneto and a lot of different characters. Uh, and I really liked his X-Men. His Ultimate Fantastic Four... 
Boy, it is not good. It is a mess. I thought I picked up the first volume of where I was at. I think it was volume four of this stuff. Okay. And I was just like, this is bad. And then Mark Millar comes in mm-hmm. and he, again, I, I usually like his stuff. Yeah, I call, I, I said last week he's not a subtle writer and he isn't and it's even more so in this one this is where like the marvel zombies show up and <laughs> i was reading your reviews yeah. on goodreads you don't like the zombie stuff no, no I but do i not. like the zombie stuff because they're like i feel like the design and everything is effectively creepy yeah and like you're like oh if they get out this is bad news yeah um but it's just so mark millar is the kind of writer who when you have somebody come and cure diseases they cure all diseases you know what i mean it's pretty good it's just Mark Millar is an everything or nothing kind of writer. <laughs> it's like we've solved all poverty. Wow. Nobody's hungry. Everybody's free of disease. And but so also you want people with diseases. No, I'm just saying there's some people who like, oh, we've solved this. We still can't figure yeah. out this. But Mark Millar is just like if he's writing an alien invasion. Yeah. It's like they've taken out 80 capitals. <laughs> you know, it, it's just everything. Like right. when you're a kid playing with your action figures. Yeah. M- Mark Millar writes that way. Okay. So not subtle, but it's exciting. All right. Uh, I also read Ultimate Power. Um, that's it's nine issues. This is a mini series of nine issues, switching authors and everything. Okay. It's a big crossover. I I could talk forever about uh, Superior Power. Which was a what's the author's name? You'd like to Spider-Man, Straczynski? right? Yeah, Straczynski. It was this. It was like the first comic I ever read. Like, yeah, this. I've read some of those. It, it was like Watchmen-ish. Anyways, it's it's DC analog kind of characters yep. like Superman and Green Lantern and whatnot. But it's kind of set in this dark, real, uh, more yeah. realistic world. Dark. But when I first read it, I loved it. It was like the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever read. But then the series just kind of like did nothing oh. and just disappeared. Okay. Uh, but those first couple volumes, like. As a teenager, like, this is so cool. Um, anyways, the Ultimate Universe crosses over with them and has a big fight. That sounds fun. Nick Fury gets stuck in the Ultimate. I love a good crossover. Yeah. You know that. It's not bad. Um, Jeff Loeb writes the last couple issues. Okay. Not so good. So. I find Jeff Loeb to be better with fewer characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And somebody else calling the shots. I love... I mean, his, his start on Superman Batman back in the day is so yeah. strong. Bringing back Supergirl and everything. Yeah, a really good run, which we have in the collection, folks. <laughs> That's is that fair. it for you? No, I'm. Oh, I okay. well, I haven't opened the book yet, but I'm going to start reading the Collapsing Empire by John Scalzi. Mm. I was gonna maybe audiobook this when I took that trip a while ago, yeah. but I decided not to because it's read by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And I had listened to him read Red Shirts, and okay. I did not like it. All right. Uh, so I was like, I'm just gonna read this because it sounded like John Scalzi's sense of humor was yeah. maybe going to get in my way. So I was like, I can skim over that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, That's true. Um, that's helpful. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I needed something to read because, yeah, I finished the books. But you and I also saw Searching. Yes, we did. That's yeah, right. I searching. totally forgot. We did. Um, John Cho. Yeah. Yep. Deborah Messing. Yeah, which I had to find out at the yeah. end of the... With the credits, I'm like, oh, that was Deborah Messing. She did look very different. I mean, they, yep. very, they like unglammed her. She was also like a brunette. Or maybe it was just the... Yeah, it was real dark red. Yeah, okay, yeah. there you go. Yep. Uh, I liked it. I liked it too. Did you? Yeah. I couldn't really figure out how you liked it. I liked it. I mean, I, yeah. I think it, I don't think it hit all of its marks. Yeah. I think there's a world in which you could have had a much better movie, but mm. I thought, you know, uh, for those who don't know, cause it is a smaller film. It is. He, uh, John Cho is a father whose daughter goes missing, but it's told entirely through like everything on screen is as if you're looking at a computer right. or uh, sometimes TV newscasts and yeah. they cheat a little bit with the right. camera angles there, but it's it's through like Skype conversations, FaceTime, mm-hmm. uh, Google searches. Yeah. Um, but I I felt like it's done it. You 
I thought, oh, this is going to get boring watching somebody type, but right. it actually uh, stayed pretty tense. Yeah, the whole time I mean, I, I kind of forgot that yeah. that was happening. You know, it just yeah, it just kind of melded the, into just this, being a movie. The whole like inciting incident um, where the daughter goes missing. Yeah. he's asleep, and we just have like the face cam on him while he's sleeping, yeah. and you see his daughter call and then hang up yeah. and then a couple seconds later call again yeah. it, that was just very that was just a very oh, stressful yeah. thing yeah, the imagery was yeah it was very stressful um and i yeah. would recommend it i say yeah. it's worth seeing yeah. definitely um i i couldn't tell how i felt about social media afterwards yeah i'm like is this good that right. i can be found so right. easily <laughs> right because sh- would she hit you yeah. know uh would things have turned out yeah. i don't know it's it's interesting if he didn't know her first password though the whole movie would have stopped yeah. So. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Nick and I sometimes see these scary movies just out of nowhere. I know. Yeah, like when on we the saw way back from <laughs> visiting, visiting. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. that or was the visitor. The, well, what's no, visiting, visiting. The visit, the visit. Yes, <laughs> the, the two kids, the M Night Shyamalan it's, it's movie, where the two exactly kids right. go see their grandparents. Their grandparents. That was a scary time. Intense. It yeah. was intense. Absolutely. All right. That's all I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on to some book news? Yeah. Well, as promised, the National Book Award uh, has listed their long list. Oh, we're list. just going right to it. So, yeah, I thought so. Okay. So, here are the long-listed books. So, uh, there's multiple stages here. After this, we'll go down to a short list, and then we'll have a winner in the next couple of months. But the long list is kind of good. I mean, it, it's helpful for us in ordering books and that sort of thing, because it gives us an idea of, um, you know, yeah. what's... what's uh, what's high regarded yeah. and, and all that and so. what's cool daddy yeah, what's cool what's hip what the what the kids i don't think that's what the kids are into but you don't think the kids are into the national no, book list I all don't, right i don't all right so we're down to the long list is 10 okay. so i'm just going to read them for you right. and they are as follows which one's this a lucky man by uh jamel brinkley this is the adult fiction yep you're reading okay fiction long list yeah jennifer clement and the book is gun love lauren groff's florida Daniel Gumbiner's The Boat Builder. Brandon Hobson's Where the Dead Sit Talking. Tiari Jones, An American Marriage. Uh-huh. Rebecca Mackay, The Great Believers. Sigrid Nunez, The Friend. Tommy Orange, They're There. Nafisa Thompson Spires, Heads of the Colored People. So that is, that's the top. Do you want, do you want more? You want to get them all? I, sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. Let's do At it. least all the right. nonfiction and the young adult. Those Absolutely. are the ones we... All right. Uh, why don't you do Young Adult then? Okay. Why don't I open up the oh, tab sorry. while you read no, no, the nonfiction no, no. Okay, one then? Um, one Person, No Vote, How Voter Suppression is Destroying Our Democracy by Carol Anderson. The Indian World of George Washington, The First President and the First American and the Birth of the Nation by Colin G. Galloway. Mm-hmm. Directorate S, The CIA and America's Secret Wars in Afghanistan and Pakistan by Steve Cole. Brothers of the Gun, a memoir of the Syrian war by Marwan Hisham and Molly Crabapple. American Eden, David Hosek, Botany and Medicine in the Garden of the Early Republic by Victoria Johnson. The Tangled Tree, a radical new history of life by David Quammen. Heartland, a memoir of working hard and being broke in the richest country on earth by oh. Sarah Smarsh. Call Them by Their True Names, American Crisis and Essays. Essay. Rebecca Solnit, The New Negro, The Life of Elaine Locke by Jeffrey C. Stewart. We, the Corporations, How American Businesses Won Their Civil Rights by oh. Adam Winkler. Well, that's nice. Yeah, good good <laughs> for them. You want to take it away with Young Adult? Sure. Okay. Uh, I guess, okay, what do we got for Young Adult? Uh, what won last year? Do you remember? I don't. Was it The Hate You Give? 
Probably. Uh, maybe it I'll was look it up it. while you read them. All right. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, all right. So the first book on the young adult list for the uh, Young People's Literature Award, uh, you got The Poet X by Elizabeth uh, Akivado. Uh, I'm going to have to read these because some of the fun. Uh, the Assassination of Bran- uh, Brangwain Spurge by M.T. Anderson and Eugene Yelchin. Brian Bliss's Will Fly Away. Leslie Connors, The Truth As Told by Mason Buttle. Uh, Christopher Paul Curtis's The Journey of Little Charlie. Uh, Jarrett Krasowska. Hey, kiddo. <laughs> uh, Tareha Mafi, A Very Large Expanse of Sea. Joy McClough, Blood Water Paint. This one was actually requested for us to get. Really? We have it, yeah. Nice. Um, uh, Elizabeth Partridge, Boots on the Ground. Uh, I actually just started watching uh, Ken Burns' Vietnam. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, America's War in Vietnam. Vesper Stamper, What the Night Sings. Do you have any sense of, of these? Like, what's... Uh... I guess if I had to guess what the night sings, okay, it's probably like an early day Springsteen song. Uh, I see. Or yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you have you noticed any of these being more popular than the others? Uh, let's see. Have I noticed any of them being more? Uh, no. Okay. So, but that's usually the national book list, doesn't it? Like make things a little bit more popular. It does. It does help. I mean, I think for adults, there there has been on the bestseller list for quite a while. Yes. Yeah. And American Marriage was yeah, one that, that was, was there for a while. Part of the Oprah Oprah's book club. Oh, so yeah. that that those are at least probably the more well known of the two. But yeah. I mean, Lauren Groff as well. The 2017 winner for uh, young adult fiction was, oh well, maybe that's adult. Sing Unburied, Sing Jessamine Ward. She writes in both. I'm not sure which one. Mm-hmm. Do you remember which one that was? No. Okay. Well, that's all right. That was the adult one. That was the adult one? Yeah. Okay. Well, the winner, the short list will be in the next couple of months. Nice. So we'll uh, we'll update when that comes as cool. well. Exciting. It is. It is exciting. Try to act excited then, Nick. I'm sorry. I'm, Gosh. I'm, so, I'm so excited. All right. What's next? Uh, I would love to tell you what's next. Okay. And that is advanced notices. Yay. All right. Are you ready for some advanced yeah, notices? Yeah. Let me just turn up the dial. Okay. So you're at a seven, I feel okay. like. Okay. How do we get you to an, a nine? Huh. Huh. Far from the Tree by Robin Benway won last year, by the way, for young adult. Oh yeah, sure, okay. And <laughs> oh well, here if you want to if you want to turn the dial up, I've got some exciting news. Okay, here. All right. Uh, you know I'm a Robert Parker fan. A right? Robert B. Parker. Robert B. Parker. Yeah. I think our listeners know I'm a Robert B. Parker fan yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, since he's passed, they've picked up the Spencer series. They picked up Jesse Stone. Mm-hmm. They picked up uh, very unsuccessfully, I might add. They've picked up the uh, Everett Hitch, Virgil Cole westerns. The one that has not been touched is Sonny Randall. Robert Parker wrote six Sonny right. Randall books, and they sort of co-mingled with the Jesse Stone books towards the end. And then when Parker passed away, nothing. You know, they've just been... Right. Well, we've just got the notice that Mike Lupica is reviving Sonny Randall. He writes a lot of uh, children's sports books. Does he? Yeah, a lot of, like, baseball. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I can picture what you mean. Like, Heat and... Uh, yeah, all these... Yeah, I recognize him as a... As like, this kid makes it into the big leagues kind of writer. <laughs> All right. So now well, so is he. We had, so <laughs> Sunny Randall was just six books and now we have oh. uh, a seventh coming out. So I'm, I'm really, I've, I've not had a great experience reading these post right. uh, Robert Parker books. I've, yeah. I've read two different authors and both times experience. it's been like, mm-hmm. Ace Atkins on Spencer is okay. Right. But anyway, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Would you say he brings the son, Nee Randall? I, I hope so, Eric. Like the monkeys. I hope song. so. Yeah. She brings the sun. Brings the summer. Or she brings the summer. Yep. 
I don't know. Go on. From the Monkey's album, Good Times, which hey, I highly recommend. Is any author that should be writing a sequel to his long-running Game of Thrones series doing something else that maybe isn't writing yes. the sequel to Game of Thrones? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But I wanted to mention that this Sonny Randall book is going to come out November 27th. Oh, okay. And here's a little taste. Robert oh. B. Parker's iconic and irresistible P.I. Sonny Randall is back, and the stakes are higher than ever. Uh-huh. They always say that. <laughs> As she races to protect her Jerks. ex-husband and his mafia family from the vengeful plan of a mistake mysterious rival mm. it's not great when sunny focuses too much on her ex so that's not giving me a, a strong yeah. feeling but it's not good for anybody to focus on their ex I, you're right let go to Move answer on. your question right uh george rr R. martin sure he's writing a, he's writing his uh sixth book now uh, game of thrones for fans who don't want to have robert guess, jordan situation i i guess this is a prequel good that's what they want yeah i mean robert <laughs> jordan did the same thing yeah oh geez he did Wow, and, and then ultimately Brandon Sanderson took over, which some may argue is a better conclusion. But you know, Snap. yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Anyway, Fire and Blood. So s- this is this is part of the uh, Song of Fire and Ice, but it's not. I wonder the next book if he's doing this because after Game of Thrones ends, they're doing a Game of Thrones prequel series on HBO. Oh, so I wonder if it's like when he's got to like get it, like X Men yeah. Two came out, and Marvel's like, we got to do Wolverine's origin before the movies do. Yeah, and now George R. R. Martin's like. Yeah. yeah, I can do it. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. So. Well, this says this is the first volume of the definitive two-part history. Oh, no. That was a two-part prequel yeah. for Wheel of Time. Well. Didn't he? Wasn't uh, it two pieces? No, I think it's just one. The graphic novel's in a couple pieces. Well, you mm. might be right. Honestly, I don't know. Okay. I can't help you there. Anyway, uh, if you care about this, God bless you. And this is coming out November <laughs> 20th. Okay, yeah. Finally, an advance notice. What's, what's the subtitle? Or yeah, what is it? A history of the Targaryen kings, yeah, three hundred years before Argon the Conqueror to Argon the Third. Anyway, so it's just three. Friend of the library, Alexander McCall Smith, back with book number. What is this? Nineteen. Book number nineteen in his popular number one ladies detective agency. Uh-huh. Uh, I warmed to this series when I read it cold. I didn't really like it, and then I went back and revisited. I got back on board, uh-huh. and I've read like random ones, like yeah. peppered throughout. Which is weird. Right. Weird for me. I don't but now things are heating up. Yes. This is called The Colors of All the Cattle. This is coming out in November as well, so you have a little bit of time to wait for this one. Precious Ramatswe dips her toe into the world of politics. Oh. <laughs> in the world of politics, in the newest addition to the beloved and best-selling number one ladies detective agency. Uh, he and I had a nice long discussion on American politics over breakfast while he was here visiting. And both predicted things to turn out differently than they have. So we'll see. Right. We'll see what comes out of this uh, comes out of this book. But these and the others will be here in November, so you can catch them then. Neat. Yep. Oh, All right. What about the New York Times bestseller list? Uh-huh. What do we got up there? Yeah. Let's just. Uh... I should mention you can see the full list of the full long list on the National Book Awards website, which I did post on Twitter, or you can find it at nationalbook.org. You can find information about past winners, uh, about the. Um, progress here for the next several uh steps of the national book award and lots of other information as well okay take it away yeah now i can do it now i can do this whole list Uh, so this is the new york times bestsellers list for hard cover fiction Mm -hmm. so this is when you get a book and the cover you knock on it yeah it's got some yeah stability sturdy it's It's a hard cover it's a sturdiness not like a paperback not a paperback but a sturdiness yeah uh number 10 before we were yours by lisa wingate what what happened before but I don't this is the sad orphanage one. A South Carolina lawyer learns about the questionable practices yeah, of a Tennessee orphanage. Yeah, I don't like that. Sorry, man. I didn't okay. I didn't write it. Oh, well. Okay. I didn't write it. 
I, I have no part of this. I'm not doubting you. Uh, a lot of new books this week. Sure. Oh, some books, fun. Some that's books exciting. gone. Some new books here. I bet James Patterson's there still. Where the Crawdads Sing by <laughs> Delia Owens at number nine. New Orleans, New Orleans right? Uh, Louisiana. In the quiet town of the North Carolina coast. Oh. In 1969, a woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. Huh. Yikes. Yeah. Is a lady just living in the marsh? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Number okay. eight. Dark Sentinel, a Carpathian novel <laughs> by Christine Feehan. I remember when we did the advance notice on this one. The thirty-second book. So take that, Alexander McCall Smith. Yeah, quit snoring. Yeah, quit Get spinning your wheels, Alexander. Writing McCall thirty-two Smith. Carpathian books. Right, thirty-two of them. Andor Katana tries to convince Lorraine Peters yeah. of their mortal bond. Yep, gotta no. tell her. Do you think it's just gonna be like? Come on, we this have an immortal bond. I remember this one because the the synopsis was like a human woman, yeah. which is hilarious. It's just yeah, a good way to, to start. Yeah. It's a good way to start because yeah. it tells you it's only going to get better. Yeah, that's it's only going to get better. Do you think like she's just he's going to be like we have a immortal bond? She's like prove it, and then yeah. they have to like just hang out for like yeah. two hundred years and like see yeah two hundred years only in two hundred years. <laughs> Uh, number seven, Stephen King, The Outsider. Woo. Nick, you're planning on reading some Stephen King that isn't The Outsider. Yes, we're going to do a two-part Stephen King book club coming up. We're going to start with Cujo, mm-hmm. and then we're going to read The Dead Zone. Yeah. Special guest, Chris Walken. Just kidding. Yeah. Chris Walken's not coming. Really? He might. I don't know. He's unpredictable. I read that he only turns down movie roles if it interferes with the scheduling. So huh. I bet that applies to his visits. To podcasts and yeah. different things. Look, get Christopher Walken. I, what? I will, I will I been, try. I haven't done a Christopher Walken try. impression in a while. I yeah. think mine's a little rusty. Yeah. Uh, J.R. Uh, nope, I can't do it. No. It's becoming a bit of a... Who's his name that I always... the Says people's last names really badly. Grease. I, Grease Lightning. Tommy. Tom. <laughs> what? The guy. He sings. I have no... Look John who's talking. Travolta? Thank you. Oh. Tommy. Oh, boy. Tommy. I'm going to go lie down. Yeah. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Fall of Gondolin, edited by Christopher Tolkien, with <laughs> illustrations by Alan Lee, bought by, I guess, that one friend you have? I guess, yeah. But there's enough of them that it's still at number six. Kids going off to college and parents being like, I got you a new Christopher Tolkien book. You love those, honey. Oh, so. Eat your vegetables when you get there and call <laughs> me every morning. Wow. Thousands of years before the events of The Lord of the Rings, a hero named Tuor. See, that's great because that's what thousand, yeah. a thousand or thousands, thousands. So yeah. I mean, Chris Tolkien can keep finding these things, just yeah. shoved in couch cushions yeah. and propping up a table yeah. somewhere, and he can find it, yeah. turn it into a bestseller. Yeah, he's got a thousand years worth of history to yeah. get through. It's true, a thousand. Do you know a thousand years before Lord of the Rings, someone discovered the recipe for marshmallows, but great. then it was lost. That'd be great. Uh, Tora visits a secret city, so yeah. I guess this is like the Knights of the Old Republic for Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah, I guess so. I guess. I guess so. Except they don't make graphic novels for this stuff. Mm. Anyway, uh, number five. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Craig Johnson has a book out. Craig Johnson. Of Longmire uh, fame. Depth of Winter by Craig Johnson. Sheriff Longmire takes yeah. on the head of a drug cartel in a remote area of northern Mexican desert. Hmm. Of the. Of the northern Mexican desert. Thank you for that. Sorry. Number four, uh, Texas Ranger. Nothing to do with... Excuse me. 
Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Nothing to Nothing do with, to Chuck, do with Norris. Chuck Norris. You haven't read it, so you don't know. Oh, that's true. You yeah. can't say definitively. What if this is the sun? Why isn't there a like son of Walker, Texas Ranger? It's a great title. There. It's a great yeah. title right there. Rory Yates' job and reputation are at risk when he's accused of killing his ex-wife. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed at that. Yeah. I got a darkness inside of me. You do. Number three. Uh, James you Patterson. Sure do. It's always James Patterson fighting for James Patterson yep. against James Patterson. Only one James Patterson. Yep. <laughs> Two James Pattersons enter. Yeah. This is the Patterson Dome. Yeah. The President is Missing by Bill Clinton and James Patterson. Ah. President Jonathan Duncan. <laughs> Sexy. Young <laughs> President Jonathan Duncan. Full yeah. head of hair. Yeah. Sweet car. Yeah. Great on guitar. Yeah. Takes on adversaries at home and abroad. He's got a pinball machine. Got a pinball machine. Yep. Widower. Yeah. Widower. Yeah. Pinball machine. Yep. Dogs love him. They do. Women love him. Men yeah. want to be him. Yeah. yeah. Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. Yeah. Everybody loves the dog. Yeah. So he, He's a president you can set your watch to. You sure can. That 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 President John Duncan. Yeah. By Bill Clinton. Johnny D. <laughs> uh, Johnny right. D. Number two. Danielle Steele in his father's footsteps. Remember every week you're always like, who's it going to be that kicked James Patterson off? And I'm like, Danielle Steele. Yeah. This week you didn't ask and it was Danielle Steele. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a jerk. You set me up. Yeah. You. What the heck's wrong with me? I don't know. I got issues. I don't know. Uh, where was I going? The son of two Holocaust survivors, str- survivors struggles to become his own person after his marriage falls apart. Oh, I hate to see that. Yeah. Uh, but Daniel Steele is not debuting at number one. Somebody else is debuting at number one this week. Somebody. Oh, I lost the page. Look, it doesn't matter. I know what it was. Anyway. Okay. Uh, leverage and death. By J.D. Robb. J.D. Robb. Wait, this is... Uh, Nora Roberts. Oh, is Nora Roberts a more powerful entity than Daniel Steele? Steel? No, I don't think so. We got to put them in the Patterson Dome. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Eve Dallas investigates a mysterious <laughs> act of terror. Wait, are these... Are the in-death ones the ones... Sci-fi. The, the sci-fi-ish yeah. ones? That's even weirder to me it that they're weird. doing so well. I know. Oh, well. What are you going to do? And there's a lot. I mean, there's that's probably like book fifty. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Good. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. So let's all right. get on to the next segment. Okay. Which is going to make this episode very short. I all feel right. like. Okay. Well, uh, we're revisiting Michael Crichton, which now he's taken the he's taken the cake here as the the author that we've talked about the most. I think, uh, as far as featured, Stephen King's close. Patterson's also very close. We only did one fully James Patterson. No, but it's episode. like every week we have to talk well, about it. Well, sure. Makes, I mean, yeah. yeah. But this is our third Michael Crichton. We did the very early one where we just talked about Crichton in yeah. general. We did the posthumous releases. And now we're doing debut. So this is what I, I hope maybe we can make this a recurring segment where we look at prolific authors and examine book one and see mm-hmm. see where that magic is happening. Well, I hope in the future there yeah. is slightly more to examine. Yes. So, all right, so let's let's get into this. A all right. Bit. So, um when would you say, I mean, when 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 would you say that Michael Crichton was like Michael Crichton? Cuz the Andromeda strain is early. The Andromeda strain that. is 1969. Yeah. But he goes back to uh-huh. John Lang type stuff. Right. Until Terminal Man, Great Train Robbery. And then it's not until 1980 Mm -hmm. that Congo comes out. And then Sphere and then Jurassic Park in in 1990. So you have like this long gap, Uh you know, where different different things are going on. So I don't know, like, 
1969, when Andromeda Strain hit, mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem like he remained like Michael Crichton as we know him. Do you think it was like? Do you think it's Jurassic Park that really put him on the map as that kind of author? Uh, I think all his stuff sold pretty well. Uh, now you've got me all confused about his uh, his bibliography. Okay. But anyway, because it's it's like twenty years between Jurassic Park and Terminal era, and Andromeda Strain. No, I mean once you get Andromeda Strain, I mean before. Oh boy, why can't I find this list? You vamp for a second. <laughs> okay, just vamp. Well, I'll tell you the first one that we're talking about today is called Odds On, and it's under the pseudonym John Ling. Which there are several of these John Lang books about I don't know seven or eight of them, and the ones I've read at least are all sort of like. Not not spy necessarily, but that that sort of genre, like right. heisty sort of yeah. actiony okay. type books. Here we go. Not scientific, nothing like that. Right. And driving a strain, and then you're right, like four, five books under uh, different yeah, under author names and things. But then, at, like John uh, Michael Crichton's next one is Terminal Man, right. which is it fits. It's still that kind of like. Does that do well though? I don't remember. I don't think Terminal Man making big splash. I, did they make a movie out of it? I think they did. That doesn't okay. necessarily. They made a movie out of Binary, which is a John. Uh, Lennon, so. Yeah, Congo, Sphere, Jurassic Park, even Rising Sun and Disclosure have their sci-fi elements. Okay. So, uh, I think Andromeda Strain is the first time you get a book that's like this is what Michael Crichton's going to mm-hmm. be like as a writer for mm-hmm. all that stuff. But yeah, uh, Odds On is. I don't think. I don't think if you gave somebody odds on first, they would know that they're going to get to timeline. Sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. I guess the the point I was trying I don't to know make, if your like friends knew the they assumption were that I was trying to make was right. that like the the I feel like the era of Michael Crichton as we know him really solidified in the nineties. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's when like the big that was probably the peak. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So this. Uh, Odds On, written in 1966, or published in 1966 anyway, while Michael Crichton was uh, a medical student, you know, just like getting his doctorate, uh, writing this. Maybe he would have gotten his doctorate factor if he wasn't thinking about sex so much. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This is a very lusty sexual book. I put the cover of uh of odds on i put the cover that has the woman in the red dress with the microphone yeah which i don't understand because nobody in it sings right or has a microphone right but anyways i put that cover up on my uh discord for my uh, twitch streaming and everything I'm like this is what i'm reading right now uh it reads exactly how the cover looks yeah. and they wrote it kind of looks just like a trashy romance novel for men yeah and i was like Listen, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it I was. It is a weird, yeah. like, it's a weird audience. I don't know where it would go. The basic premise is yeah. you have three guys mm-hmm. who are basically planning a heist on a, uh, just a hotel. Just a hotel. Yeah. They're just going to rob a hotel. Just going to meet Barcelona? up. Barcelona? Rob a big hotel. Yeah. And then there's there's women who uh-huh. are at the hotel who just kind of, like, get entangled in all yeah. this. And then have a lot of sex, yeah. basically. I mean, it's very... <laughs> It's uh, and I was reading it. I was thinking like the level of detail that Crichton normally puts into science facts. Uh-huh. He's putting into these like steamy, the anatomical, trashy, correct, like yeah. <laughs> sex scenes. Yeah, he's like, just so you know, so, I know what bodies look like. 
It's funny because I've read... It's almost like he's trying to prove to his friends that, yeah, I've been with a lady. Right, right. <laughs> See? <laughs> so I've read Scratch One, which is also a John Lang. Uh-huh. And I've read Binary. Uh-huh. Again, a John Lang. Neither of those is particularly sexual. So yeah. I was actually pretty surprised. Yeah. I mean, the style-wise, I, uh-huh. I think that you can... While it is a huge jump, I think that you can still sort of feel, if you know it's Michael Crichton, you can kind of feel that vibe. Uh-huh. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I, you can with the character yeah. backgrounds and yeah. whatnot uh, and their planning stages and whatnot. So it's not like it's a total, like, it's hard to believe he wrote that. It's right. just um, as far as, I mean, subject matter for one and just the things that they're focused on are unexpected. Yeah. Strange. It is strange. It is strange. Uh, Did you like it? Sometimes. Uh, it's weird. It's almost like I was more into the relationship statuses and like, Oh, are, is she going to fall for him? It's true. And, yeah, you're right. And I was about the heist. But so was Michael Crichton. Because, yeah. like, th- it starts with them getting to the hotel. Like, there's the plan. Yeah. And then the rest of the book, they're just... I mean, I'm not yeah. British. But the only way I could figure out how to describe it is they were just faffing about. Yeah. They were just not doing anything yeah. that... W- they're like, oh, yeah, we'll plan this heist. And then we'll go to the pool right. for these three days. Well, it was, a, it was a timing issue. There was a yeah. certain time when they had to rob it. I, and they needed to sort of establish... Then, but know, then the robbery... It's just non-existent. Yeah, it's the robbery's not a, it's non-existent. Not really part of the book at all. It, it's kind of that old school six, the like uh, the original uh, Ocean's Eleven, where the heist yes. doesn't really work out. Yeah, and then you're just like, well, yeah, you better leave. Yeah, it's just like, what did I just read? Yeah, just some people have a nice vacation. Yeah, I guess that's a what they read. Vacation. Yeah, a steamy vacation. It Don't really, that. I mean. It really is like how we consider like steamy, sexy novels now. Yeah, it really is just that. Yeah, like yeah, this is the, yeah. It's it's like he wanted to write that. He's like, oh, I better put a frame story about a robbery in there or something. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. and it's funny too when you look at that. I don't know if you saw the original paperback cover. Uh-huh. It's not much better. I mean, it's just a man like dipping and kissing what appears to be a naked woman oh. so it just doesn't tell you a lot about what the, or i guess it does i guess it tells you exactly what yeah. the plot is <laughs> yeah so they have this plan to rob the hotel because there's they're gonna here this is where the Crichton. this is where the early Crichton comes in okay they're basing the robbery based off of what a computer is telling them the statistics are for success yes. and it's very yes. early computer stuff yeah. he's like the computer can't think on its own you have to tell it the numbers it can't yep. average something yeah you have to add all the numbers together and to divide it by five and that will give you the average. It's like, okay, that's just a calculator now. Right. But the idea is the computer is measuring their level of success based on factors yeah. for the robbery. And I feel like that's that's where the Crichton... El- and maybe if Absolutely. that was like... That all played. Maybe if the book was more about that, you know? Well, it's... I mean, it's... It would feel like the guy who wrote Terminal Man. Yeah. But as it stands, yeah. It's length, too. I mean, I think if you lopped off about 30 pages, which you could easily do, what you have is like a novella. Yeah. You know, if you cut out the sex scenes, you'd have a short story. Yeah. So, I... I, Yeah. But, I mean, that being said, I did... Like, I enjoyed reading the book. Uh I mean, it's like 200 pages. It was a very quick read. It was interesting, at the very least, to see like a very early Michael Crichton just making a go at it. I remember liking Scratch One. Uh, I don't remember. That was about a spy. Mm-hmm. And binary was pretty cool. I read that one somewhat recently, and that was that was decent. Right. Um, do you plan on reading any of these others, the early stuff? Probably, but I'm in no rush. Yeah. Odds on has not put a fire sure. under yeah. my kettle. Yeah. Is that a phrase? 
a fire under your kettle. Well, fire under certainly, my feet. I don't, it certainly makes sense. Yeah. You do want a fire under your kettle. So, you know, does it track? Has an, yes. Yeah. Is it something that's commonly said? I would, I would say no. Yeah. Okay. I would say no. All right. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. I the really, I feel bad. Cause like, we're like, we're going to talk about this. And then there was just like nothing to talk about. Well, but I think that in itself is kind of interesting. You know, yeah. the, the fact that it is such a, such a departure from the style, because if you, yeah. if you fast forward a couple of years, cause at this point we're what, we're 1966 mm-hmm. and Andromeda strain is 1969. We're mm-hmm. three years away from Andromeda yeah. strain. Have you read Andromeda strain? Yeah. I mean, that's like the polar opposite. That yeah. is like, I would kill for a sex scene in Andromeda strain because that's Jeez. pretty, that's pretty dry. Wow. That's pretty dry with a lot of like tables and charts and yeah. You know, okay. I well, would... now we know what makes boring things interesting for Nick. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean, I have to I... change our content rating on iTunes Definitely. after this one. The Andromeda Strain. Uh-huh. I don't rate that high. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. You would sit down and oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. All right, I like it. It's uh, it's it kind of that one. I just feel like there's uh, there's virtually no like character development. Well, it it reads like 2001: A Space Odyssey watches. Okay. Yeah. So I guess if you, I think if you yeah. just if you went through and took out any like actually that's funny any any like proper nouns mm-hmm. instead of like Bill or whatever you were yeah. just like character A I yeah. mean that's pretty much it's, what it's you're more reading. about the idea that like anything could just happen and we can't fight it like, oh yeah the reason we don't die in a drama to strain is because the thing just evolves and moves right. on right so I mean conceptually I think it's a great idea it's, yeah. a, it's a good plot yeah. but if you take that and you compare it to something you know way later like a Jurassic mm-hmm. Park or something like that mm-hmm. where like that's a better balance I feel like because there are characters and they're not I mean I don't think he ever really I don't think he ever really gets to a point where he's the only time about really deeply like richly yeah written characters i don't think that the ever only really time happens. i've ever like liked his characters and their growth was timeline okay. i think i think that was the only time where i was like more connected to the characters of okay. the story so but, it's, but i guess odds on is all character work it is yeah and working it so it's it's an interesting <laughs> no, all right <laughs> yeah no you're right you're no it's right. fine <laughs> it's interesting to watch that evolution though because right. you have these early ones mm-hmm. um that are very opposite. Then yeah. you go, you go in the middle of the Andromeda strain, which is swinging in the other direction. Right. And then we kind of work our way back into some of the John Lang stuff. And then, you know, we have with, with, with terminal man and, and Congo and all yeah. that, you have it sort of moving in the direction of Crichton that we know. Yeah. So I don't think it's often that you have, that you have an author who has this kind of career. You know, if you take like a John Grisham, you know, who's a contemporary mm-hmm. basically, you read like a time to kill Grisham's first. Uh-huh. It doesn't feel that different from, yeah. you know, like rooster bar or whatever. I mean, right. it's the same, it's the same style of writing. It's the same basic idea mm-hmm. here. You have Crichton going from like essentially a romance novel to mm-hmm. like a really hard science to more of a blend, you know, so you have this, you have this interesting trajectory and I just, I don't think that, I don't think you get that a lot. So right. it, it makes him, to, to do a deep dive into John or Michael Crichton's back catalog, you're going to find some interesting things. Yeah. You're going to find some like, whoa, where did that come from? And I don't think you're going to find that with Grish or Stephen King or James yeah. Patterson. You know, they're all pretty much doing mm. their thing. And sure. sure you have somebody, you know, yeah. working it out, working through it. Yeah. So working it. Yeah. I said that exactly mm. earlier. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, react as well. <laughs> Why the pseudonym? I wonder. Probably because he didn't want to be known as the guy writing 
maybe he'd rather be known as the guy writing Andromeda Strain and not. Yeah, this. but at at this point, like you, I don't know, he was in college still. Yeah, maybe he just didn't know what he wanted to do yet. Yeah. Well, it seems like by Andromeda Strain he does because that. Yeah. There's three years after that where he's yeah. writing totally under the John Lang pseudonym as well. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know why he did it. I mean, I guess. I guess maybe maybe it's a situation where he thought he wanted to write more like hard science, but was writing what was right, you know what what was being published at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe he was just kind of going with this will be an easy paperback to put mm-hmm. out and did that. If that's the case, that's pretty yeah. pretty you know clever. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't want to be like at Thanksgiving and his grandmother be like, "So, Michael, I read your book. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> A lot of interesting things in that book, Michael. Right. What I don't the, know what his grandmother sounds what like. What if the alternative, though, was like, Michael, I read this book. Odds oh. on. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. That would be worse, yeah. I think. Grammy, no! Well, right. so I read his first two, and I read Andromeda Strain. So mm-hmm. up next for me is Easy Go. And I don't really know what that one about is well, about. All right. Should oh. I be vamping? No, no, no. Sorry. Hello, I, was, my I, was, honey. I was just Hello, looking at it quickly. Honey. Easy Go, apart. which was published, is his third published book, again, under John John Lang. John Lang. Sometimes published as The Last Tomb. Uh-huh. It was actually the first book that he wrote. Well, and he wrote go. it in one week. Yeah. And he was paid $1,500 for it. Well, so go. Easy Go is the next one that I'm on. And it, 50, it sounds wait, is $1,500 just 1500 Yeah. Oh, but this is in the 60s. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, let All me right. let me read you about this next one. All right. Harold Barnaby is a brilliant Egyptologist who discovers a hidden message while translating some hieroglyphics. The message tells of an unnamed pharaoh whose tomb hasn't been discovered yet. Barnaby is exhilarated by the discovery and the prospect of the fame and fortune that will come with it. There's only one problem. He doesn't have the knowledge, influence, or wherewithal to pull off such a job without alerting the Egyptian authorities who would surely encroach on his discovery. Luckily, Barnaby meets Robert Pierce, a transient freelance writer who is in between jobs and looking for some excitement. In a moment of drunken indiscretion, Barnaby shares his his discovery with Pierce, along with his small logistical problem. Pierce, who because of his job has many friends in high and low places, offers his services to plan and manage the extraction. Mm -hmm. Or a cut, of course. I think that sounds fun. Yeah. I think that sounds really fun. Fun fact. Yeah. uh, You said he got paid $1,500 for something he wrote in a week. Yeah. He made, in today's money... Ten thousand dollars. From that's that's the equivalent. Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred in nineteen sixty eight. In twenty eighteen, is ten thousand eight hundred and one dollars. Wow, that's a lot more than I thought you were going to be. Yeah. So a week's worth. He made ten thousand dollars in a week. Yeah, that's pretty good for good. him. That hey, can I good. have a ten thousand dollar a week raise? Absolutely. Yes. Sure. Woo! Sure. Uh, here's here's a fun fact as okay, well. You say so. Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, in 69, when they bought the rights for Andromeda Strain, they were uh-huh. looking into some other things. And the film rights, they did purchase the film rights to Odds On mm-hmm. as well. And oh, were planning wow. to make it into a movie. <laughs> and it just never happened. Yeah. So The NC-17 you know. rating had it. Right. It was, yeah, it was in its so. infancy. So it couldn't, yeah. couldn't really work out. Yeah. So I guess at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I would say, if you're a Crichton fan and you want to see where it all began... Yeah. This is going to take you a handful yeah. of hours. I re- you could read this yeah. in an afternoon. I did. I think yeah, I think it's I think well, it's I worth doing. Started, I think it's worth yes. doing. Uh but it also if you're interested in Crichton, you haven't read any. I'm yeah. not going to give you this book. This is yes. not the yes. Crichton yes. book. This I'm is not you. the this is not the gateway into becoming a yeah. Michael Crichton fan. Yeah. If you read this and love this and want more of this, uh Dragon's Teeth is not going to cut it yeah. for you. So yeah. I guess we'll give you some Anne Fleming. Yeah, yeah. So he <laughs> has a little more. Yeah, that's F- close. 50 shades later, I guess. Yeah. What what are some other authors that we might investigate 
the early days of. What is King? Is it Carrie? Stephen King? Carrie, yeah. We both did that already. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Carrie's an interesting start, though. Yeah. It's it's an atypical narrative. Yeah. Because you're you're hearing it from different scraps, so yeah. it's a pretty ambitious start. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. listeners, if you have suggestions on authors whose first books we might want to check out and discuss on a future episode, please let us know. You can email us at what is it? Just Wellsville at stls.org. You can find us on Twitter at all the sure. book show. Twitter's <laughs> probably the easiest way. And remember, you can find the podcast, including our back episodes with uh, discussing Michael Crichton, SoundCloud.com slash all the books, iTunes, iTunes, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere you find us. It's a pretty good rate, gap. share. Yeah, the whole gamut. Do it. Yeah. All right. Well, if uh, I had to choose, share. Yeah. But if I could have both, rate and share. Yeah. Why limit yourself? Yeah. Why Why limit yourself? Yeah. That's great. Good for you. Okay. All right. Let's talk some library news. No. Huh. All right. No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm being I'm being confrontational. Yeah. I got to work this out. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. All right. Well, as I mentioned, the book clubs, uh, we're, we're wrapping up on A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Towles, so you're too late to join that one. Snap. Next up is Cujo. That's our patron pick book club. Mm-hmm. It's going to be part of our two-part Stephen King book club. Uh, that's not for a month, so that's going to be... We're yeah. going to read that in October of uh, 2018, so you have some time to pick that up. And Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. So if you're a fan of the show or are wanting to read the book before you watch the show, we got you covered. Uh, I recommend Sharp Objects. I think it's very good. That's the big stuff. We have a concert from Casual Reply. They're a folk duo that's coming September 20th, sponsored by the Allegheny Arts Association. So thanks, pals. Uh, and then it's History Week. At the end of last week of September, we have all yeah. sorts of World War One and Two exhibits. Uh, we're showing From Here to Eternity. Uh, of course, we're, we're reading the Ernest Hemingway book. Uh, Do you like From Here to Eternity? I've never seen it. Oh, and we've got guest speakers in the auditorium every night that week. Uh, oh, what is it? Montgomery. Montgomery Clift. Yes, he's in that. Okay. Uh, it's good. I'd like to watch it. What about you? Anything you want the good folks at home to know about? Uh, that's happening here at this library? Yeah. Uh, okay. Podcast listeners, what is happening here at this library starting next week? Tuesdays. Right. Tuesdays arcades. So that's eight and up. Can come hang out at the arcade thing. We got uh, some stuff. And then Wednesday is Teen Night. We're watching Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom this week. Hey. So it seems like Teen Night's really kind of like Eric Knight. Yeah. But no, it's Teen Night. Eric does whatever he wants. Uh, and then, gosh, I guess we're not doing much until... What's our next movie? The next movie we're showing is Solo. Oh, okay. I believe that's, that's exciting. That's the 5th, October 5th. So somebody's going to finally be able to see Solo. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah, that's going to be great. Um, that's going to be great. And then I guess we got some stuff in September, October, more stuff in October than this month right now. Okay. But we're, we got some Harry Potter themed owls. Oh, coming in that's October. exciting. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. That's library life. We're also showing Moana on, on the, oh, no, that's happening right now as we record. So that's too late. Yeah, never mind. Too you late, missed everyone. It. You missed Moana. <laughs> you missed the boat. Get the Disney app. Uh, or don't. For more on Michael Crichton, you can go to soundcloud.com slash all the books. Look at episode two of the All the Book Show. Uh, spotlighted Michael Crichton, and look at episode 92 called Dragon Teeth, Michael Crichton's Posthumous Works, okay. featuring my little brother as a guest that week. <laughs> Hi, <Yeah>. Steve. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll be back next week to chat some more. Mm-hmm.